Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water and water life science. Almost 13 years ago, I started this radio show with Voice America and the syndication. And the reason I did is I wanted the world to be educated about the priority of your life, the most important life in your life is in the water. We have not been educated enough. We've been been taken for granted for all these thousands of years. And I don't know what happened, but we got sidetracked on so many other things in our human life and our life on this planet, living with the solar system. We forgot what created all life on our earth is in the water from the beginning of time. It's gotten to be more serious, so I'm going to make my New Year's resolution today with you, the listener. I'm going to make it even more of a priority that you must be educated about water and make it a priority to every country's leaders, the head of every country, every elected official, everybody in the field of medicine and more, that the priority of your life is in the water, in research and more. Without the water, you couldn't use even your cell phone. Now, does that have an impact? Without the water, you couldn't turn on the power to your home. Without the water, there is no health. Without the water, you can't grow food for nutrition. Without the water, you couldn't even fly a plane. Now, why did I say the plane, airline travel, phones, things that are kind of interesting? It's because the atmosphere is water, too. Every room that you live in, every walk of life is your breath of life. Breathing water. Inside your body is water. All the organs before you're born are given the time to put together that percentage of water per organ. To be able to live from out of the pocket of water of that miracle of a mother carrying that water and you come to birth to live in the atmospheric water vapor that keeps you alive. We've had scientists on here through the years. We bring in scientists to teach us and study, do some research with us. They said too, Dr. Pollock has said, we're like living with a ba- we're the battery living with the atmosphere. The atmosphere is like we're plugged in to the light socket. We as humans with the water in us living in the water in the atmosphere. Now, how do I get that through to everyone? 
Now, how critical is the water on the planet to survive our planet and our lives? Everywhere on the planet, they're having crisis in water. A crisis. It's, it's just, it's, you look at it like, where have we been? Where's common sense? Now, your health depends upon water. When, when you went to the doctor, did they bring up how many glasses of water you should be drinking to kind of remind you? It should be. Did they tell you if you're going to take a medication or an, an herb or a nutrient of any kind? Are you drinking enough water with it? Because it, it could have an effect on you, a negative effect on you. If you're not drinking enough water, it may not work, but it could cause a problem. Maybe even an addiction problem. If you're not drinking enough water. Water is a crisis to you and to the planet Earth's life too. We've got to get a priority, and that's my New Year's resolution to all of you. I'm going to get a little tougher on the education and getting people to want to become responsive to that crisis and education. And I'll say the lack of education is the crisis, number one. Number two we got to look at what we need to learn about the water on the planet. Number three, you need to learn about your health and what evaporation of water means to severe dehydration to death. The word evaporation of water means from the moment you're born, you're evaporating water, you're losing water. If you've got a fungus on the toe... You've got an itch on the knee. Anything. It causes dry skin and a dehydration to an inflammation of over-evaporation of water living with the atmosphere to a dehydration effect in different spots of the body. There's so much for you to learn. Listen well. Because the water is in a crisis on this planet. And the lack of education is severe. And not only the lack of water and the crisis on the planet and what's going on for survival for the word eternity to be in our vocabulary, but we haven't had the education about our health and the severity of over-evaporation of water. That word evaporation has hardly been brought to life. And it's going to be with my New Year's resolution to all of you. Today, we have a lot of... I'm really pleased with the guest. We'll bring her on after we have our commercial. But Dr. Jacqueline Griffiths, MD, has been uh, an ophthalmologist... And she's earned her undergraduate degree at Yale and her medical degree from the University of Michigan. She's been an ophthalmology resident. She did her ophthalmology residency, was completed at Georgetown 
and University Medical Center. Dr. Griffiths has been in private practice since 1994, and we'll let her tell us a little bit about her life. But for the moment right now, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist. Nature's Tears Eye Mist was created as a technology to supplement the evaporation of the tear film to slow that evaporation down, to supplement it, to be able to, with that surface of that eye, is 99% water. And that surface of the eye from birth begins to evaporate. No two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike. We're all evaporating differently. Water. Nature Tears Eye Mist is the first technology patented worldwide sitting in the drugstore departments with regulations and FDA approval that Nature's Tears Eye Mist is safe, easy, comfortable, and soothing with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be back with Dr. Griffith. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. I want to introduce Dr. Jacqueline Griffiths, MD, ophthalmologist, to our audience today. Dr. Griffiths, are you with us? Uh, yes, I am. Well, thank you so much. I know how busy you must be. And oh, well, I know thanks for inviting awesome. me. Well, I hope today we're an educating show and it's to educate our audience on what is happening with the organ of their eye and how important that is to our everyday life and health. But before we start, 
tell us a little bit about your life and where you grew up and how you became an ophthalmologist and you're very, you're very much respected and what you do and you've had a lot of experience, but where did you come from and why did you decide to be an ophthalmologist? Well, I grew up in Washington, D.C., in fact, uh, the youngest of six children. Most of us are in medicine, a couple in, uh, one in law. And my parents were uh, a dentist and a lawyer. And I pretty much uh, was pre-programmed, I think, to go to medical school because we had, um, you know, so many in my family that influenced me. So um, I went to undergrad um, at Yale and then uh, went on to University of Michigan med school and then from there came back to Georgetown. My mom was uh, showing signs of illness, so I wanted to come back to the Washington area to do my studies to be near her and um, finished that and then went into private practice, joined a few, um, a couple of different uh, groups before I opened my own practice, New View Eye Center in Reston um, in 1999. So I've been in practice in my own practice for 20 years uh, as of November of 1999, uh, 1999 and, or 2019, I should say, and um, been in practice of ophthalmology for 25 years. I chose ophthalmology because I, I loved doing surgery. I wanted to be a surgeon, uh, and I, I loved that the aspects of ophthalmology, uh, for the most part, it was a happy field. I mean, you could really improve people's lives from the time they were born to the time they're older with the various eye diseases that take place throughout life. And uh, the fact that I could improve people's lives uh, through vision and surgery was particularly appealing to me. I had never worn glasses myself, although uh, my older brothers and sisters at least used to. Uh, they, they had LASIK surgery. Um, <clears throat> but um, so I didn't know any, uh, you know, from firsthand what... Uh, the eye business was about, but through medical school, you get exposed to the different fields, and then um, you kind of make your decision from there. Mm-hmm. So you decided that the organ of the eye was the most fascinating to you to work with people's lives and to try to improve um, their lives. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well, today we're going to be educators, and uh, that's what we do with individual physicians and scientists that come to the show every week from all over the world. Um, On the organ of the eye is a very, very important organ, and as you've been finding, probably in your background, we've had scientists on here from different universities around the world teaching us an eye research that that surface of the eye is very important to um, being um, uh, healthy and that the lack of education with the eye has been concerning to everybody in the research because it hasn't been educated about how do you take care of your eyes and if you're my age, I'm 78, 
we were only taught to be able to take to not sit too close to the TV when they invented a TV. And then the other one was eating carrots. And um, then we found ourselves in life not really getting the health education of the eye as you would when you had your health classes in school. It was other parts of the, uh, the organs in the body, not the organ of the eye. Can you teach us what you've been learning about that importance to the organ of the eye? When that baby is born and that eyelid opens and the life of the eye begins, how important is that to you other than just seeing? What is the health of the eye? Well, the health of the eye from birth is actually pretty good unless there are other things going on, uh, we see a lot of things in, in, in babies and kids that aren't so good, which are glaucoma, cataracts, and certain eye tumors. And for that, we have a specialty uh, dedicated to pediatric ophthalmology and deal with all of those issues unique to children. Um, I, my practice, um, uh, we have specialized in refractive and cataract surgery. And so we really don't see uh, children... Uh, because there's so many talented pediatric ophthalmologists around town. Uh, we see uh, people in their teens, of course, but um, the younger ones we think would benefit more from a pediatric ophthalmologist, and we, we're lucky to live in an area that has so many. Um, as we grow older, of course, vision problems are pretty common, and we're seeing a bit more um, nearsightedness develop. I think it may be due to computer use at an uh, early age. Um, and just focusing the eyes on something so close for so long, and people are on their phones and their devices for hours on end, and the kids especially are that. That's what worries me the most as a practitioner is watching that uh, situation arise. Um, So as the person ages, then we deal with vision issues, and the first line of treatment is, of course, glasses. Then as the kids get into sports, they want contacts, but there's uh, a certain responsibility that you have to have wearing contact lenses, um, and you have to keep them clean and, and so forth. So uh, as long as the parents tell me the, tell us, uh, because we have an optometrist here that deals with that, um, that the child is mature enough to do that, then they go into contacts. And then, of course, as we get older, um, we may want to come out of the contacts, and then we offer laser vision correction. And then as we get into our 40s, then we need the reading glasses because the muscle in our eye has changed to the point that we can't focus on things up close. And then, of course, as we get into our 50s and 60s, the beginnings of cataracts occur, which is a haziness of the lens inside the eye. Also, dry eye, which is what we're going to talk about today, is much more common as we get older because we just make less tears. And then there are some other things that contribute to that, too. And so as we get into our 60s and 70s, we're looking at cataract surgery and treatment of dry eye and other diseases that, systemic diseases that the patient may have that, will, uh, that can affect the eye, such as diabetes and hypertension. Okay, now back to the education from birth of the eye. 
When that eye baby comes to birth and that eyelid opens and it begins to live with the atmospheric water vapor like a lightning rod, like a, a battery, they charge together because the water of the human life and the water at the surface of the eye is attracting to the atmosphere. No yes. two eyes are alike. That's correct. Uh, we're finding in research that that word dry eye begins because the evaporation of the eye begins at the beginning of birth. It begins to evaporate slowly, surely, like the body does. The human body is evaporating to a dehydration, that, to right. death, eventually. And the right. organ of the eye, whenever that is open, it, it, you could have the cleanest of atmosphere, but that organ still has a function to evaporate, or it wouldn't be giving you the vision to live with the, in the atmosphere it does. Now, those, are you finding, yeah, this is what we're educating today. Now, that word dry, you live in a profession of a, a lot of you giving your all, and the technology that's been provided is to provide the technology to every individual that needs help, assistance. Thank gosh. But the education that I found here, doctor, for the individual to understand when they take that baby home is when we need to be learning not only their mood, their uh, nutrition and all that, but have you checked to be sure that the baby is healthy with the eyes? How would you teach them? Because evaporation begins immediately. And I was having, um, I've had on my show somebody you've got to know, Dr. Marguerite McDonald. Do you know Marguerite? Uh, Yes, I know Marguerite very well. Okay, Marguerite, do you remember the story when she was just a little girl, Dr. McDonald, and her, fa- her parents, they were out shopping, and she walked into water by mistake. And people got so upset because she, she, and they didn't know she was having trouble with her eye as a little girl, little, little one. Mm-hmm. Um, then she took it serious about in life of becoming an ophthalmologist, because she knew how serious from birth, from that toddler to growing up, your eyes. Then we've had on here from Mayo Clinic where they said, our prisons could be full of people who had problems with the eyes and they didn't know it because That's the true. eyes That's are ignored. And, you know, what we learned in research is in the womb, when all those organs are developing, there's got to be a percentage of water per organ mm-hmm. for that baby to be born and hopefully be healthy. But the brain and the eyes connect at the same breath. Now, the back of the brain, the, the brain is 70 to 80% water. The surface of the eye, at that surface of that tear film, about 99% water depending upon individuality of evaporation. And that baby begins to develop an individual life because no two people evaporate exactly the same. No two people look the same. That evaporation of water, Dr. Griffith. 
when that baby goes home, do you have any ideas of what they could be doing at the hospital, at the doctor's office to assist these people to help with that baby's education and their education about the health of the eye and how to observe it? Is there anything that you could teach us to get this started today? Well, in terms of evaporative drying of the eye as soon as the eye opens, um, I think one of the main things I would teach parents, um, because the baby obviously is not going to be able to learn for a while, um, is to watch their use of um, computers and devices, because I've seen more and more parents well, letting their... Younger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to do... We, we radio show talk to host interrupt. Uh, the reason I do that, so we can go on to another part, too, but when that baby cannot talk and that baby is going to be looking at you, is there anything that they can do when that baby is looking at you or uh, around the parent to observe to the, with the baby? Is there anything right. that you have learned that could be of a, of a, of a common sense to watch for? Um, not so much with respect to dry eye because we, we honestly don't see dry eye as much in children as we do in older adults. But there are certain other things that you should be aware of. For example, if uh, there's a light on in the room, most people have a light reflex on their eye. If the light reflex is not, you know, centered exactly the same in both eyes, then they could have a lazy eye in the sense that one eye is turned in or out, and if that's the case, it could be also not seeing as well as the other eye. So those would be issues that um, uh, you should have addressed as soon as possible because in that situation, especially if one eye has a what we call refractive error, need for glasses much more than the other one, the child is going to prefer the eye that sees fine, and the other eye is going to start wandering off um, from side to side, or it may develop a laziness to the point that it never develops good vision. Those, um, those can be addressed early by putting the, the child in glasses. We've even put some babies in contact lenses. Of course, their, um, their parents would have to do that in order to force the weak eye to see and um, and and then they, they grow up with pretty normal eyes. If you don't do that, one eye will develop laziness that cannot be reversed after the age of ten. Mm-hmm. So the, that's okay. one of the one of the things I would notice. Also, if the if the child is sitting, you know, right in front of the TV at all times, because as the, as you try to get them to sit back, they start inching forward. This happened to my nephew. Is there a personality? Is there also? I'm sorry, is there a personality of maybe, maybe, you know, and today this is research going on today, discussion of the education, nothing definite. Is it possible they could watch for the behavior also of a frustration of the child, of the baby, that might be awareness of what was causing that child, that baby, to be frustrated? Is there something they've learned there? If the child is constantly rubbing their eyes, that could be a sign of glaucoma. Okay. Um, if the eyes but are what, what tearing a lot. But what if it isn't lot? something that severe yet? Just 
uh, eyes that are maybe like you just said, there's eyes that are having an effect to over-evaporation or the eye, the one eye is, is having an effect. You wouldn't know. Is there a, something there that parents could be watching for with the behavior of the baby's emotions that might be uh, something that's uh, a uh, clue? Um, certainly, when the eye is dry, it burns and itches and things like that. So if the child is having dry eyes, and as I mentioned, it's not as common in children um, as it is when you we're adults. You mean a complaint of dry eye. They're all Correct. But, but uh, yeah, yeah they, everything evaporates like that. But what you're saying is, is and, 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 the, and the strange, it's not strange, the uniqueness of every human being is that we're, there could be some people who never have a complaint at all. You've met people who never have to wear glasses. They never have a complaint. And you wonder where they're coming from. And they've gotten older. And yet you have others who are younger and you never know. And that's what I have been after is that education of the word evaporation of the eye and certain things we need to be watching for other than just complaining. Um, uh, Then take the baby home. The baby becomes a toddler. And then the toddler now is, uh, like you just said today, in front of a screen. And they're close to the screen. We did some research years ago about what the computers would be causing in time. And... um, I'll share with you, um, one time I did a presentation with uh, our product, Nature Sears I Mist, in front of the head, the head of IBM, happened to be a friend, at the dinner that evening with uh, my brother was in New Canaan putting on a dinner to introduce me. Well, what happened is that fellow said, the head of IBM said, Sharon, someday there's going to be an I Mist next to every computer, wait to see. And because of the over-evaporation of the eye and what's happening in front of a screen is so close, it'll be um, uh, a problem. Um, but, but hold on, doctor, don't go anywhere. And you're going to educate our audience today what you've been doing. It's good that they get the education about the eyes uh, all the way to when they get older. Don't go anywhere. We're going to listen to our sponsor. We'll be right back. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. It's a tissue culture grade water. It was approved by the FDA, has patents all over the world to be the first water to support and um, uh, mist the eyes for over evaporation. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back. With Dr. Griffith. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. 
All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Griffith, thank you for being here today. And I want the audience to know that you've been over 20 years, you've been practicing ophthalmology and what you've been learning with all your patients with that you've worked with the patients in the, as a physician in the eye category and specializing in passion. Have you noticed that children are starting to wear glasses younger than ever in history? Uh, yes, yes. We, we have noticed that over the last few years. Yeah. And have you, uh, have you uh, ever in your conferences when you get together with the uh, insurance companies and health organizations, have, have you tried your best as a group to get people serious about eye education? Have you, is there something new going on that we could be educated about today about what is happening with health, the education of the eye? Um, we do our best as individual practitioners to educate our patients. Um, the American Academy of Ophthalmology has a website, has a Twitter handle, has um, uh, Instagram and all of that, all of those ways to get information out to mm-hmm. the public. And they do that on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, mm-hmm. That's about all you, I know How do you of. feel it's happening? How do you feel that that's going on with your patients when you've talked to them? Do they seem to be receptive to the education of learning um, what to do? Let's say the parents all the way up through their own personal lives, too. Uh, Are they searching for health education there? And, you know, we learned that nutrition is very important, too. How we eat um, is a very very important health of the eye, too. If you can educate us about that today, too. Uh, but so, new, so, what's been being learned. Exactly, right. As you mentioned earlier, carrots are very good because they're rich in vitamin A. Vitamin A is one of the nutrients that helps us make tears. Uh, so that's, that, that's a, a very important thing. We even found there was a study that came out after gastric bypass and, and gastric surgeries to lose weight uh, came about and became popular. A lot of those patients were getting dry eyes because there was reduced uh, absorption of vitamin A. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so those are, I mean, it's, it's important to supplement uh, or just eat healthy with carrots. Uh, green vegetables are, are also very good, mainly for the back of the eye issues like macular degeneration, green leafy vegetables, um, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of water, of course. Water intake in- increases um, uh, tears and, 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 and just everything in the body that requires uh, fluid, which is pretty much everything. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, what else were you looking for? Well, it, it, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the water because mm-hmm. we've been doing a survey um, out there for quite a few years. As and the doctors, when the doctors are talking to their patients, uh, are you taking for granted the doctor uh, that the patient does think the water is important, or are you reminding them? to not forget how important it is that they're drinking an adequate enough water a day. And we found that the physicians were busy and they said, even in China, in China all over, where a dry eye and blindness is out of control in China too, is um, that they get busy and they forget to remind uh, the patient about drinking water. They just take it for granted. And uh, I don't know if you heard my commentary, but the show I developed here way back almost 13 years ago, I said, okay, I'm going to make it, I'm going to call it the power of water and water life science. And I came along through the years and have scientists and physicians and like yourself and people from all over the world of total respect come on. And we all agreed there is not enough discussion on the crisis of water and, and, and the fact that we need to really emphasize how important it is to be drinking water every day. I agree. Men, I agree, have, sure. a t- men, men have a tendency, oh, I can't go to the bathroom that much. Well, every time you have a glass of water, go to the bathroom then and get it over with. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, we women have a tendency, and then there's another way, is um, I started doing some interviews, doctor, on how do you drink your water? If you think you drink a lot of water, oh, I'm sipping it all day. Well, the body has to absorb the water. You have to drink the whole glass at a time. It's got to make a decision to absorb, not just let you dictate to it, are you drinking, how do you drink it? And we're finding they're sipping it because of those bottles of water, and yes. uh, which were a great, great invention. I'm all for them. I was excited. But I find that um, the organ of the eye and the word dry eye has not been understood. Then I found that if people would get serious about drinking water, and then the nutrition side of our lives to be so important to help the doctor learn and, and the patient of what, what's going on with their nutrition life uh, pattern, of, even from birth with the baby going home. And the reason I go after the going home with the baby and getting that started uh, with a new program 
with the academy there is to think about the insurance companies also getting on the bandwagon and doing better helping the education. So the physicians are assisted with the insurance companies. I'm mm-hmm. all, I think they should. I really do. I, I think they're out there. They've uh, got all the advertising going. They should be pounding the Health Olympics. It's very important to learn. And then they could have programming to go. What, if you want to learn about your eyes, are you having a complaint? Are you having a, a complaint with about a joint? Uh, do you have a, a toe? What do you have? But, you, but if you go to look for the Health Olympics of assisting the doctors, because you, when you go to see your patient, you, you do. You have all these patients waiting, upset that you're running late because you spent some time with a one patient that was a little longer. And that happens. That's, we've got to do that. We need to do that. You need to make those people feel that you're there for them. But now we're uh, in dry eye, and that word dry means evaporation from birth. And just because a person doesn't have a complaint doesn't mean that there isn't something happening yet. Um, and then when they wear glasses, isn't that because there's, the eyes got a little too dry and the eyes started having uh, a problem and needed to start wearing glasses all the way to all the things you talked about today uh, that can need to be done in time and life that begins to get worse and worse and worse uh, with life and time. Um, I'm not sure about the glasses portion because that really has to do with the shape of the eye, and a lot of that is genetics. Um, if your parent is nearsighted, uh, on the low end of nearsightedness, it's a dominant trait. It's almost assured you're going to be nearsighted also. However, people who wear really thick glasses, that's a recessive trait, so there's less of a chance that the child will be nearsighted if you wear really Coke bottle glasses. Um, I've never heard um, uh, dry eye with respect to children causing the need for glasses. Um, but I guess anything's possible. I, I don't like, as I mentioned, I don't really see children in my practice anymore. I used to when I first started. But you pare it down mm-hmm. as you get into your practice to um, a few things mm-hmm. that you become excellent in, and you leave the other things for someone else to do. Um, right. And the, the specialty. The, you go yeah, specialty. specialty. And we have yeah. a specialty of pediatric ophthalmology. I do go to lectures, though, on a regular mm-hmm. basis on all subjects, including pediatrics, even though I don't see kids. And um, mm-hmm. I don't hear a lot of talk about dryness in them. Um, we, the, the average think, age doctor, is... It's because, excuse me for interrupting. Do you think it's because... Dry eye is kind of a a new a new pioneer of thinking. Of um, I remember about twenty years ago when I was asked to study it, and it, I found that they were the reason it came to me at the time is because it had not been looked at at the word dry eye uh, the way it, they thought it should be because of the sensitive reaction to the surface of the eye. It's so sensitive. It's, it's the most sensitive part of the organ of mm-hmm. the body because that it's the eyelid opens. And that is open, that organ is 
only being protected by that surface of the tear film and would go, you know, that organism of the eyes uh, ability to live with the atmosphere and your your life behind it. And, well, uh, part of the evaporation lifestyle. Of, part of the evaporation of the tear film has to do with one of the three layers of the tear film, which comes from the glands right. along the lid margin. And it's because of that, and there's much more preponderance of blepharitis, which is a chronic plugging of those glands, that occurs in our older patients. And as that comes on, it leads to what we call ocular surface disease, which is a combination of... Mm-hmm. Um, of poor tear production from the lacrimal gland, but also poor adherence of the tears due to the problem with the glands along the lid margin and their... Um, and do you think the skin around the eyes getting drier along with the organ of the skin and the eyelid getting drier and then the, uh, the eyes having to having lived to become... So with that evaporation of lifestyle choices um, that we've had... Uh, do you think that is a combination of many things, of course, uh, of that evaporation and dryness, that we're dry, uh, is so important to be educated. And that's why that drinking water is so important. Um, yes. I'd like to share with you today a little something that you might agree with me. Um, years ago, uh, I was concerned about the pain pills that a dentist gives and the doctors are giving. And uh, with the over um, the evaporation of what causes the pain, the inflammation, number one, and then taking a, a medication. And then I found myself concerned, were they drinking enough water with that medication? And that's the other thing, doctor, is the patient has to learn that if they're on a medication, they got to drink a lot of water. They better. That is true. It yeah. won't work. And on, yeah. on our opioid situation that they had left behind, they kept trying to figure out what to do about it because they had nothing else at the time but that particular, what they called an, an opioid medication they were prescribing for pain. And the individual, were, were they being told, you better drink a lot of water because people forget. They forget. We all do. We're only human. We get distracted. And it, it, it tastes bland. So, <laughs> so patients, <laughs> you know, so people sometimes yeah. would choose to, to drink something else. And water, 100% by itself, um, is the key to supplementation to what's happening with the word evaporation. Evaporation has got to be, it's like would you, your, your plant is going to survive with a good atmosphere and um, drinking an absorption of watering. And um, now, with the time we have left, now there's the, the new LASIK reports that are out there. And you've heard of them going on. And I've had people tell me, that uh, they're having problem with, uh, after a period of time with LASIK. Um, and it was a choice that people made to have a procedure to not have to wear glasses. But are, is there something that pe- on cataract and eye drops, as you've been learning, people have a tendency to overdo the eye drops. 
and um, blame the fact that they're not watch, reading the directions. And as we've been taught by scientists, the eyes get addicted to the problem and they overreact. Is there something that you could teach the audience today about if they've had LASIK or they're considering LASIK and what you're thinking? Well, certainly LASIK can lead to dry eye. What I have found is in in preparing a patient for dry eyes, we always test to see what their baseline is. And many of those patients have uh, low tear production to begin with. They've lived with it all their lives. What I have found in my own practice is that it is not as predictive as to who's going to have a dry eye issue after the surgery, the testing we do ahead of time. I've had patients who made a completely normal amount of tears uh, complain of dry eye after the surgery for a prolonged period of time because just about everybody has some dryness after that surgery, uh, but it usually goes away with time. Um, the, All depends um, upon the evaporation of that person's eye, right? Well, it it depends on tear production from the lacrimal gland and the evaporative. uh, It's not all evaporative. Evaporative has to do with that one layer I mentioned from the glands along the lid margin. Uh, That's the most influential layer, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we see dry eye after every eye surgery. Any any kind Uh of um, eye surgery, eye muscle surgery, cataract surgery, glaucoma surgery, and, of course, LASIK, which is so popular and millions have had it done, you tend to hear about that one, although three FDA studies have have shown a 96% of, you know, patient satisfaction with it. That is right. Mm-hmm. That is right. And yet there's just like those what happened with opioids. You don't know who it's going to be. Uh, right. If, you if don't know. You don't know. It's not the physician's fault. It's not the physician. It's not the technology. Mm-hmm. But the procedure, you never know who is going to have, who already has a dry eye that maybe is not showing up or over evaporation of the body and lifestyle. And I've learned the lifestyle of the person is very important and to all of this evaporation. And um, when a person does choose to do it, no, the percentage isn't high, but there's a very extreme, there's a percentage that really has found that um, they had an extreme problem with it. Yes, and, and um, you know, when millions of eyes are done, there's going to be people who aren't yeah. happy. And uh, right. But do you take the, the good benefit away from the millions who are happy with it? Um, it it's, it's as if it's likening it to, well, I shouldn't go out my door because a certain percentage of people are going to get in a car accident today, right. um, you know, right. or struck by lightning. What is and your thinking with I'm all not, your experience to help mm-hmm. maybe... Um, because it, 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 uh, your organ of the eye is a very serious uh, handicap for economic yes. conditions, too, because when a person goes blind and one it's, eye it's or both... It's the number one fear. It's the number one sense that people are totally afraid of losing is their eyes, number one. Overhearing, well, taste, or anything too, else. Well, doesn't like it. Yeah, 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 because they, they can go on disability quicker with uh, that or uh, going blind in one eye or blind in both quicker than any other organ of your body. 
Yes. Right. Right. Well, your dedication and the ophthalmology and what you're all doing is vital. And what you're learning is so important, doctor, uh, with what you can do for everyone. And because without our, with our outer eyes and dry eye has not been educated. People have not thought about it. They just had complaints that they weren't sure about what it was about. They just comp- had the complaint before they went in and found out what to do about it. And remember, certain medications can lead to dryness as well. A lot of the antidepressants right. that a lot of people are and on food. lead to dry certain eyes. Foods. Certain antibiotics, right. certain, foods. certain foods. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so there's a lot of right. environmental factors, certain, certain uh, imp- too. Uh, jobs that people do will lead to dry eyes because maybe they're around chemicals right. or dust. Uh, so there's so, it's multifactorial, the dry eye or ocular surface problem, we call it, ocular surface. And you're right, ocular surface issues can, it, it can um, hamper your vision. It's, okay. I, I liken it to driving on a long I trip. I wish we had more time. I, okay. They're telling me I'm out of time, but okay. you are right. And I thank you for all you're doing and being with us sure. today. And if you think of anything more we need to learn, let it, give me a call. Well, sure, sure. And thank you for being on here today. Have a nice day and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Put a child's heart in your hands every moment of the day. We wish you well. Bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.